0: Hi, thank you for listening. I'm Chris Bedwell and welcome to the Chris Bedwell Photography Togcast and today I'm going to talk to you about the exposure triangle. Now my previous podcast episodes have been more conversational uh, but today I wanted to maybe share some photography tips and knowledge with you guys. Um, So here we go. Lesson one. Hope you're taking notes now. Much like when you're studying science and they talk about a fire and the fire triangle, there's three elements uh, they say uh, can create fire. Well, with exposure in photography, there are three elements like that. Now I've started to create a YouTube series on these three elements. So if you'd like more information on those, uh, then please do head on to YouTube, search for Chris Bedwell Photography and you'll find those videos. Now the three elements that are involved in the exposure triangle are ISO, shutter speed and aperture. Without any of those elements, you simply can't take a picture because there will be no exposure. Much like with the fire triangle, where the three elements are oxygen, heat and fuel, if you haven't got any of those elements, or one of the elements is missing, then the fire won't start. So the same goes with exposure. If you haven't got a shutter speed, if you haven't got an ISO, or if you haven't got an aperture, then the exposure is gonna go out the window and it won't happen. So what are the three elements? Well, the shutter speed, number one. Now, shutter speed is simply the speed at which your shutter opens and closes. And the longer the shutter is open, then the more light goes through into the camera, into the sensor, which gives you more of a chance of blowing out the photo or overexposing it. If the shutter is too quick, there's not going to be enough light going into the camera, which means underexposure, which means the pictures will be too dark. With some cameras, it's true to say that if you've got the other settings correct, you can rescue the picture, you can bring it up, you can bring the details out of the photo, especially if you're shooting in raw format. Now i will talk more about raw format and JPEG format in another podcast. But let's just say raw format gives you more information in the image file compared to a JPEG. But we'll talk more about that another time. Aperture is where you've got an f-stop setting of going from say for example on some lenses f1.4 all the way up to f12. Now if you want more information more detailed information I talk about this in my youtube video but just to give you a brief sum up if your aperture is down at a low number say f1.4 as some lenses can go that means you've got a wider opening in your camera which means more light will go through onto the sensor. And it's great for low-light photography because then you don't don't have to use a flash or you can tinker with your flash settings. I don't afraid to use the word tinker. You can tinker with it. You can adjust your flash settings and that will mean you can be a bit more creative. You might find you're photographing a gig where they're not going to allow flash photography in which case you'd want to use an aperture of around 1.4 to allow more light to get into the camera. So you can use the available light, especially the stage lighting which would have been set up, especially for that performance, and you get the most out of it and you'll get a more dramatic picture. However, if you do have an f1.4 setting, that does mean you've got a more narrow depth of field, so so there's a chance that more things will be out of focus. Now the third factor is ISO. So what is ISO? Well, in traditional film photography, ISO was the indication of how sensitive a film was to light. So if the film had a higher ISO number, it would be more receptive to light around it. Again, great if you're doing low light photography, means you can make more use of the available lights to you and not have to add any extra as in flash. If you're using a lower number, say around ISO 100, that's the best setting if you're going to be photographing in a brightly lit situation such as on a sunny day where you won't need to compensate for the darkness because there won't be any. be a nice bright sunny day, perfect. So what setting's best to use do you say? Well really it's very much a case of trial and error and also photography is very, very subjective. Some people might like a darker picture. Some people might like a bright picture. Some people might like something that's in the middle. So really, you just need to adjust the settings until you're happy with the photo that the camera produces. If you've taken a picture and you find that it's a little bit out, a bit too bright, a bit too dark, run it through Photoshop, put it in Lightroom. You can adjust the settings on your computer quite easily and you'll get the picture that you want. Good bit of advice, if you've set up the ISO, and you've set up your aperture to how you want it. So if you wanted to shoot something that may be out of focus, but on a bright, sunny day, you'd set your aperture to around 1.4, you'd set your ISO to, to 100, but then you're not sure what shutter speed you want, you want to do. Now, chances are, if it's a bright, sunny day, you'll be setting your shutter speed to one of the quickest settings that your camera can offer. A good way to get the setting right is to look through the viewfinder. And on most cameras, especially Nikons like I use, you'll see at the bottom of the viewfinder window, when you're looking through the eyepiece, there's a plus and a minus and some dotted lines that go along. Now, those lines will indicate whether the picture will be too bright or too dark, as in overexposed or underexposed. So, ideally, you would like the line somewhere around the middle, either one stop either side or right bang in the middle. So, you look through and you adjust your dial. And you see when the lines stop in the middle. And that'll be your perfect shutter speed setting for the conditions that you've set. So get your cameras out, have a go, have a play around with your settings, explore your different ISO, explore your different apertures, see what ones you you like the look of. If you want to take a photograph with things more in focus, then you will need to set your aperture at around about f5, f6, something like that. If you would like everything in focus, then you're going to need to look at a higher number, say F12, F13, if your camera will go that high. But then if you're doing that, then you need to be aware that the higher the number of your f-stop, the less light is likely to come into the camera. So then you'll need to adjust the other settings to compensate that and to counterbalance that. So if you're going with an aperture of F12, then you'll need to have your ISO quite high up, so it's more sensitive to the light that comes into the camera. So you might be looking at ISO 5600. Again, it's all subjective. It all depends on how you like the pictures that come out of the camera. Once you've done that, look through the viewfinder and see where those dots are under the viewfinder. Just your shutter speed and then you'll be away. So I hope that explains a little bit about the exposure triangle. Again, it's ISO, it's aperture and it's shutter speed. All three of those factors uh, go towards creating the perfect exposure for your photos. If you'd like any more advice, please do feel free to drop me a line. Uh, Visit my website at www.chrisbedwell.net. I've got a contact form through there. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at at @chrisbedwell, And if you'd like to see some examples of my work, then uh, please do find me on Instagram at chrisbedwellphoto. Alternatively, if you would just like to email me, if you've got any questions or anything else you'd like me to cover in any future podcast episodes that I haven't covered already, then please email me at chris at chrisbedwell.net. I also have a YouTube channel where you might want to pick up some more advice and watch more videos about my latest photography on there at www.youtube.com and search for Chris Bedwell Photography. So thanks again for listening. I hope this has been helpful. Please do get in touch if you need to. And I will look forward to bringing you the next podcast very, very soon. Thanks again.